0: Good morning. I'm Doug Moss, one of the teaching pastors here at Saint John, and I'm so glad to be celebrating the Christmas story with you all here together and, and with these amazing kids that we have do such a great job of telling it themselves. Would you just one more time show your appreciation for illuminations, for our kids, their artistic talents? Uh, it's truly just so fun to get to be here and get to work together with all these people and all these children telling the Christmas story. but this is not the only story we tell this Christmas. There are a lot of other stories that uh, we like to tell to ourselves and to our families at this time of year, right? Uh, and so I want to do a little quiz uh, this morning. Let's, let's see how you do. And the kids, all of you up in the balcony, you're not done yet. I want you to see if you can do this quiz too, all right? So I'm going to put a, a story on the screen and, and let's see if you guys can tell what story it is. So let's try the first one. What do we got? All right, what is it? That's right, it's the Grinch, that's right. The full title is How the Grinch Stole Christmas, but yes, good job, you guys are killing it. All right, number two, what do we got? Yeah, that, was, that wasn't even hard. All right, Home Alone, that's good. All right, this one's going to be a little harder, all right? Adults, I might need your help on this one, all right? What's this next one? That's right, all right. some kids, some kids knew that one. Good. All right. But the adults, you were there. You didn't disappoint me. You didn't let me down. Thank you. All right. But hey, this one's going to be really hard. All right. This is a tough one. Next. Nice. Miracle on 34th Street. There was not a lot of clues in that image, but you got it. All right. This one is a personal favorite of mine. See if anyone knows my personal favorite. Yes, all right, me and the kids. We got the, we are on the same page for Christmas. All right, one more. One more. Let's let's see how we do. All right. I mean, see, you guys don't just know the Christmas story; you know all these stories. This is great. All right, but right, but now I want to get a little harder, and I want you guys to think a little more about these stories. We're going to pick just a few of these that we showed just now, and I want to ask you some questions about these stories. Okay? So I want to start with by asking you what is the major problem in these stories? All right. So I want to start with. Let's start with um, where we got first. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. What is the major problem that happens to George Bailey in It's a Wonderful Life? What happens? I'm hearing it. Money. They lost the money, right? He gave Uncle Billy the money, and Uncle Billy lost the money, and that is why there was the rest of the movie. Was that was the big problem? Was they lost the money? All right, good job, good job. All right now, let's go to let's go to let's go to this one. What what is the big problem that happened in Home Alone? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that one was kind of easy. It's in the title. Yeah. I mean, his parents left him. Home alone. Yep. All right. All right. One more. Let's look, let's look at the uh, how the Grinch stole Christmas. What's, what's the major problem in how the Grinch stole Christmas? Yeah. Yeah. He stole all their stuff, right? Yeah. The Grinch, he stole all of their Christmas things. All right. Good. You guys pay attention to these stories. This is amazing. This is wonderful. All right. But, but now here's what I'd like you to think about. Because this is what I think about every time I watch these stories, uh, is, is this, I hate when the bad things happen. I hate when Kevin gets left home alone. I hate when the Grinch takes all of their awesome decorations and their food. He takes the food. And I hate this. And every time I watch these movies, I think, how easy would it have been to fix the problem? How easy would it have been to just kind of go in if, if we were in the story, if we were friends with them or around, that we could have just gone in, we could have prevented the problem, we could have saved it and it would have been so not Hard, right? We could have knocked on the McAllister door and said, Hey, don't leave your kid before you go to the airport. Like, like that would have been so simple to just say, Hey, you're about to head out, grab Kevin, then go, right? Or to go to George Bailey and say, Hey, Uncle Billy, he's not the sharpest tool in the shed. You know this. Maybe give the money to somebody else to take to the bank. You got lots of employees, right? Or like for the Grinch, like we could go to Whoville and, and I don't know, give the Who's a German Shepherd or something and be like, leave him out tonight, he'll bark at anybody that comes by. It would have been so easy to fix and prevent the problem that happened in these stories. And yet, if we did that, there'd be no story, right? Let's look at the story that we've been telling this morning, uh, the, the nativity story think about this one for a second. This is maybe a little harder than the movies, but what was the major problem facing humanity in the Christmas story? What was it that we needed help with or the problem that needed fixing? All right, I'm hearing some answers. These are pretty good ones. There's a lot of things we probably could talk about, right? right. But in fact, if we look at what one of Jesus' followers said uh, in a letter that he wrote a long time ago, he actually summarized the problem of the Christmas story uh, in a very simple sentence. And this is what he said. He said that, in fact, we, and by we, we mean human beings, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world in Galatians 4, Paul says this, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. Now that sounds bad, right? I mean, I don't, that's kind of fuzzy. I'm not necessarily sure all what that means, but, but, but surely that can't be a good thing uh, to be in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of this world. And I know that we live in a time and a culture that is is dismissive of things we can't see. And when we start talking about spiritual forces, it just gets too vague and fuzzy and and invisible for us. And, And yet, whatever that phrase means, this being in slavery to spiritual forces, surely that means something that maybe resonates with us in our hearts. I know I look at my life and, and it's not what I feel like it should be. It's not as happy or joyful or, or peaceful. Uh, and, and no matter how hard I work, it seems like it's never good enough or it, it seems like I'm never good enough. And and by all accounts, I, I live a good, comfortable American middle-class life and, and yet I, I'm forced to say that it doesn't really meet expectations and it doesn't seem to answer all the ultimate meaningful questions I'd like it to answer. And, and so when I hear this phrase, we were in slavery under the spe- elemental spiritual forces of the world, it, it, it resonates with me in a way that makes me think that the Bible's onto something. And, and, and maybe that's just me. I, you know, Maybe your lives are fine. Maybe you don't have problems. Maybe you don't feel any sort of oppressive spiritual force. You, maybe the worst thing that's going on in your life right now is just not knowing what you're going to get for Christmas tomorrow. And you know what? As long as you get an official Red Ryder Carbon Action 200 shot range model air rifle, then you'll be just fine, right? Or maybe not. But I think for most of us that when we, when we see this problem as Paul puts it, I, I think we actually do resonate with this and that we think that maybe there really is a problem that we either knew about or didn't know about that is keeping us from living the life that we are called to live. And if that's true, I, I start to then think, well, why didn't God fix this? I mean, after all, he's God. If we truly are living under spiritual oppression and slavery, why didn't God fix that problem long ago? God could have prevented this from happening. He could have stopped Eve from eating that apple. He, he could have stopped Cain from, from murdering his brother Abel. Uh, he, could have, he could have prevented YouTube from putting those unskippable ads in front of all their videos that drive me crazy. But God didn't do that. Instead, what Paul continues is God, God did this. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. When the set time had fully come, God sent his son. If you want it in kind of a more archaic, vintage way, here's how the King James puts it. King James says it like this, but when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son. Or much more simply, the version I prefer is the, you know, the elementary version is the New Living Translation, which says this, but when the right time came, God sent his son. When the right time came, God sent his son. You see, all these stories involve these miraculous finishes and fixes all in the nick of time, but the fullness of time is better than the nick of time. And see, what I learned from the Christmas story is this truth, that there's a difference between fixing the problem and redeeming the story. You see, when I look at these Christmas stories, these movies that I love so much, I want to fix the problem. But if I'd fixed the problem, those people would have actually been stuck even more. You think about that? If I'd fixed the problem the way we talked about, the Grinch would have stayed an outcast with his heart two sizes too small. If I'd fixed the problem in Home Alone, Kevin's family would have still been awful people who didn't show any love for their son. If I'd fixed the problem and made sure that that $8,000 got to the bank on time, George Bailey would have continued to regret his life that didn't work out the way he had always planned and hoped it would work out. See, fixing the problem would have actually left people trapped. But God doesn't fix the problem. That's not a promise he's ever made to us, that he would prevent our problems. The promise that God made is that he would redeem our story. You see, without the problems, there's no growth. We don't develop. We don't get to live this amazing adventure that God designed you and me to live. If God just wiped away the problems, there would be no story. And you know, when I watch these Christmas movies and when I, when I get so frustrated and get to that moment where George Bailey is standing on the bridge and it's so painful and awful to watch, in that moment, I trust the screenwriter. In that moment, I say, this has gotten awful. You know, you know Kevin's got burglars chasing after him. This is bad. But I trust that these screenwriters are telling me a story that's going to end with redemption. And when I trust the storytellers, I know that the Grinch is going to actually become enfolded in a community and he's going to learn how to have love in his heart. And the Christmas story does the same for me with my life. Because when I see the Christmas story, I trust the master storyteller who wrote it. I trust the God who said, I, I'm not just going to prevent the problems and leave you trapped in your own situation, burdened under spiritual elemental forces, but God says, I'm going to redeem this story. And if he can do that in the Christmas story 2,000 years ago, then he can do that for my life. He can do it for yours. When the fullness of time had come, when the right time came, the master storyteller redeemed the story of humanity. He sent a savior, not just for the world, but for you, but for me. And if we're willing to trust him with our stories, the master storyteller promises us a life that far exceeds what this world has to offer, an adventure that's greater than any that is promised just in this culture and this life and so i ask you this morning the same question that i ask myself this christmas season are you willing to trust the master storyteller with your life are you willing to submit your control and let him be the author of your story and see what amazing places it can and will take you because that to me is ultimately what this Christmas story is about. Please pray with me. Lord God, I thank you for this amazing story that we get to remember right now this time of year. I thank you for the shepherds and the angels and the wise men, for Mary and Joseph, but most especially, Lord, I thank you that you sent a savior in a manger. And Lord, that when you did that climax of your story, you didn't do it because you promised to wipe out our problems, but because you promised to link our stories with yours. And just like you redeem the story of humanity, you will redeem and grow and build something amazing out of our stories if we're willing to only submit to you, the master storyteller. We pray this in your holy name, amen. Now, gathered kids up in the balcony, would you all please rise with me and let us pray a prayer together to seal up this Christmas story that we've been hearing this morning. Lord, you didn't come to a perfect world. You came to a people with frayed hope and in need of direction. Your very birth wrapped in conflict, doubt, and fear. You came humbly, O Lord, born of a virgin to a simple family, to walk a journey of glory and tears. Now, dear Jesus, come again. Come into my fragile and tattered heart. Make me humble so that I may love and serve like you. Prepare a quiet place within me where peace and joy are born. Give me the gift of yourself so that I may be a gift to the world around me, the world you love, the world you came down to save. Amen. And at this time, uh, as our musicians come back out, would you uh, join me, join us, uh, in singing this song that's been sung for so many years. Let's sing it now together.
1: Lord, at thy All right, you guys can have a seat as we make a few announcements. So first, on your way in today, you received a Next Steps booklet, and we are so much more than just a church. We have programs and events that you can come to where we can meet your family and you right where you are. So we encourage you to go home, find something that interests you. You can even go to our website, stjstl.net, and then come back because this is your
0: home too. Right. Right. We know in a new year, promises and resolutions abound. But experience tells me that they're not often kept. Thankfully, we have a God. When he makes promises, they are kept. And that's what we're going to be talking about in a new series.